missed you guys so much. Homies, how are you? How you living? How you feeling? Here's the deal. We have a very nice and long interview with super trainer Travel Gaines. This guy has trained Saquon. He trains Todd Gurley. He's trained Jimmy Butler, Antonio Brown. He shares story after story. Nikhil Harry, he's telling me right now, Patriots fans should be really excited. Really good conversation that's coming up. But I haven't had a chance to do an intro in a while, and I had to talk to you guys. It is the LEFKOE man. And the other thing that I forgot is last week I was supposed to play a freestyle over the new intro, and I forgot to play it. So at the very end, you're going to hear at the end of the Travel Gaines interview, the music will sign off. Don't be done, because you got to hear the freestyle, because it's that good. First thing I need to talk about, though, is uh, 33%. Guys, tides are starting to change. I don't know if you guys are starting to feel it. I hope you see it right now, but we're reaching a point where what we do on this show is starting to grow, and it's really because of you guys. Think about what happened the last two weeks. Kelechi Osemele comes on, speaks the truth. You guys hit up Kelechi. We're retweeting it, talking about how great it is. There were two podcasts that came out last week that were just talking about this podcast. We're moving, and we're shaking, and we're moving. Then... Ted Ginn comes on and says, I can raise anybody $10,000. Guys, we were the number two trending topic on Apple News. Our dude, Matthew Bowling, white lightning high school kid, says, bet, challenge. I mean, we created media inception. There was an article that said, local high school track star responds to pro football talk tweet, which was about the Left Coast show. So... I just want you guys to know that when you see something from this show spread, it's because of you guys. Because you're the 33% that take it over the top. I wanted to say thank you to you guys because it's fucking awesome and we're doing great shit. And do not think that Ted Ginn will not run this race. As soon as this thing started blowing up, he texted me and he goes, bro, you did it, LOL. I'm just letting you guys know that if you see anyone try to take ownership of this, we need to let them know to stand down. This is a Lefko show thing. This is a Bleacher Report thing. If Ted Ginn's racing, we're doing it. Don't let any other company, uh, we've organized a race. No, you didn't. We need to fight them tooth and nail 33%. Uh, I mean, shoot, one of my favorite podcast hosts and comedian, Theo Vaughn, said he'd front the $10,000 for the kit. I want to get Theo Vaughn involved. We're going to make this an event. I'm very excited about it. Uh, the other thing I'm really excited about, I was in Vegas, and I did something. Let's see if I can find it. Here it is. This is a betting slip. I bet the Eagles to win the Super Bowl. I'm just putting it out there. I got the Eagles at 20 to 1, which I always look for teams anywhere between 16 to 1 to 22 to 1. Eagles were right there, feeling good. Chris Long retired, didn't feel great about that. Dude only goes to Super Bowls, but I put 20 on it. I could win 400. I just wanted to share that with you. So if the Eagles do win, you'll know the dude that bet them on May 15th to win a little bit of that cash. One last thing I want to say before we get into this interview with Travel Gaines. I am about to start eating healthy. 
But I have one promise to you. I am not going to talk about eating healthy. However, when we talked about doing healthy stuff in the past, I remember we got a few of y'all. Y'all lost like 20, 30 pounds and you got my DMs. I kind of want to make this a thing because you guys ride with me. I ride with you. You support me. I support you. We're going to do 33 days of eating like a homie. So today is day one. Uh, I'm going to do 34 because I got to pull up that extra 1%. So you guys start, if you're, if you're listening and you want to, you don't got to do it. Tuesday, and we'll go 33 days. I'll go 34. I'll start Monday. You start Tuesday. That's how much I care. But you'll hear Travel, when I bring this up to him, he has a very special offer that the person that does the best, we're going to get you out to California and train with this dude. He what? He's the one that offered it. So you'll hear it. But I just thought... If I'm about to eat healthy, I need to lose some weight. I'm going to go through some transition, do my thing. You know what I mean? Get nice. If you want to do it too, great. But I promise that I'm not going to sit here and be like, man, all I really want is a pizza, pizza. I'm not, I'm not doing that whole thing. So if you want to join the journey with me, great. If you want to slide in my DMs and send pictures or, or give me notes and you want them to be shared, I'm happy to repost them. Let's do this success together. Y'all the shit. I'm trying to be as cool as y'all. So let's get to Travel Gaines as he breaks down everything from what it's like to train Todd Gurley and Saquon at the same time to the strongest, most expensive, explosive player he's ever covered, to who are the best athletes in the NFL from a workout perspective. Let's get to the man, TG, Travel Gaines, right here on the Left Coast Show. Jams, How you feeling? How you living? How you doing? We got Travel Gaines in the building. How you feeling? Great. Yeah? Great. Happy to be Don't here. Don't get fucking quiet on me now. Never. Never. This man walked into the building with so much energy. <laughs> I want that energy now. Yeah. I want all of it. Yeah. Uh, Travel Gaines, you run Athletic Gaines Nutrition. Yes, sir. You are, what would your official, how do you introduce yourself to people? Um, I'm just the founder of Athletic Gaines. You know, a, a company where we put together sports performance training programs for athletes from Physical therapy, um, strength training, speed training, nutrition, sure, uh, everything. And you've been doing this for a long time, fifteen years, man. And you've seen you've you've probably trained guys that were rookies that mm-hmm. went into the league and then have already retired. Correct. So you've seen the process, everything. Uh, I, I want to. I have so many questions mm-hmm. because. I, I did this thing last year called Lefko PR. Yeah. Where I noticed there's this trend of athletes working on the offseason, mm-hmm. throwing some music on it, and then everyone getting hyped up. Right. Holy crap, look at Saquon's workout. Yeah. Oh man, Odell's insane. And so now you, trainers are becoming stars. Right. Like, are, have you noticed that change as well? Right. You know what's funny? Um, I talk about this all the time. I'm in a weird space where. I'm kind of old school, but this is new generation. So when I first started training, there are these older train older trainers, the trainers from the background, and now new nowadays, with all this Instagram stuff, like the trainers, it's all about the trainers. I mean, you have you know the the speed demon and the yeah. you know the footwork doctor. There's the guy. Simpson. There's a guy in New Orleans. It's about balance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so it's it's tough because. I've still done a good job of having that balance where I don't post a lot of stuff, 
where we make it all about our athletes. Like if you go on mm. the Athletic Games Instagram page, I'm barely on it. Yeah, my my I was gonna say like if you need help with the IG page, nope. bro, I got you. You don't want to. No. You think it's actually been a benefit not posting. Correct. Correct. Because I think when you make it all about the athletes, they appreciate that. Mm. You know, and, have they and, said that to you? Yeah, all the time. Really, all the time. I mean, if people say all the time, you should have a million followers because if people, you know, if I post a hundred percent or ninety percent of stuff I did, people think about I had a cool life, but just don't. I don't think it's that interesting. You know, Man. driving down the street and yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm mean, they wheels up. Yeah, like, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking more about like if you got a big name athlete in there pushing some weight or a sled right. or something like right. that. I mean, that that would be big. It's up, to, it's up to them, though, Adam. That's true. It's up to them. All right, we're going to have a, a nice long conversation, but uh, I think the homies, the listeners, the 33%, they, they like a different perspective on what we do. But I want to know your path. You grew up in New Orleans. Until what age? I lived there until I was a freshman in high school. And then from there, where'd you go? I moved to the Bay Area. All right, before we do that, what is it? What do I need to know about people from New Orleans for the rest of my life? Because you came in here talking shit about me being from Philly. 100%. You're a piece of shit. Yeah, you are. No, yeah. thanks. <laughs> but what, what about New Orleans? How did that kind of define you a little bit? What did um, you take from New Orleans? A lot. It taught me my humility. It taught me my humbleness. It taught me my work ethic. You know, and I, I watched my parents and my family members get up and work every single day. You know, from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m basic stuff janitors yeah. cook you know nothing just blue collar people sure but just to appreciate everything that that you have in front of you in life gives you and so it was it's really big for me every day to take advantage of every opportunity you have and not take anybody for granted or anything for granted so people appreciate that and that's what new orleans has taught me and then you go to de la salle yeah. high school like the high school football powerhouse never lost you didn't lose when you were there never lost who else was on the squad? Uh, DJ Williams, Tari Callen, uh, Matt Gutierrez. DJ yeah. Williams was my secret weapon in Madden right. on that Denver Broncos defense because yeah. he had like a 90 speed or something like that. Crazy part about it, he was the same size in high school as he was in the NFL. Wow. Yeah. So that was like kind of, was that your first taste of an NFL level athlete? I mean, not necessarily because everybody was the same there. You know what I mean? Like everybody worked hard. Everybody, um, you know, everybody was strong. Everybody was big. Everybody was fast. So he was just a normal guy. Yeah. Yeah. So you go to De La Salle, and then did you get drafted in Major League Baseball yeah. out of high school or college? Out of high school by the Montreal Expos. All right. So you're playing baseball at De La Salle too. Yeah. How how nasty were you? I was okay. I mean, I can't. Okay, you went fucking eleventh <laughs> round. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it was a combination of. What you got to understand, Adam, is I never really thought I was that good at anything. Mm. Just like today. I still don't think I'm the greatest trainer in the world. I don't. And because once you start believing you're better than you really are, you stop working. And once you stop working, you stop getting better. And so I've never gotten caught up with who I'm training or what I've done or my stats or whatever. It's sure. Just, just a guy on the team and just, you know. What was your position in baseball? Shortstop. Damn. Yeah. Who did you look up to? Uh, Derek Jeter and Barry Bonds. Yeah. What about football? Uh, football, I love um, Randall Cunningham. Love Randall Cunningham. So you can root for Randall Cunningham but hate Philadelphia? Absolutely. He was a Minnesota Viking. Remember that? Yeah, 98, years. 99. Yeah. yeah. Who else other than Randall, though? Uh, I love Randall. I love Marshall Folk. 
one of my favorite players of all times. So and we ended up getting, being friends as he got older. She lives in Calabasas as well. Dude, isn't it dope when you grow up rooting for somebody and then can like be friends with them? Yeah. Like I'm, I'm starting to experience that now where yeah. like I'm starting to meet guys and, and you establish that's, it's interesting for my job because sometimes I want to shit on everybody. Yeah. And then once I meet somebody, I'll never shit on them again. Yeah. yeah. But it's, it's a, have you met Randall before? Oh yeah. Yeah. I've met Randall, have his, have his phone number, everything. Have a lot of interactions with him on Las Vegas. The original Mike Vick. Yeah. Uh, and then, did you know you wanted to go into, like, personal, like, not personal training, but, like, weight training and, and performance? No. No. The funny part about it, I actually wanted to be a high school principal. I wanted to be a high school principal, then eventually become a high school superintendent, because I wanted to make change in urban communities. You know what I mean? And so my college strength coach got a job at the University of Louisiana Monroe, and he was like, hey, man, I think you'll be a great strength coach you're from yeah. louisiana moved back here and i was like nah man i'm good off that and he talked me into it and voila were you so he's he thought you'd be a good strength coach were you yeah. always the guy in the gym uh, always so always. even even high school yeah so you go to de la salle known for being this like world-renowned high school athletic uh campus mm -hmm. Did you try and stunt on everybody the first day? No. <laughs> no. How did nah. So what what made you so special though in the weight room? Um I just for me, I had low self-esteem when I was a kid. You know, I had low self-esteem just cuz I was a poor kid. You know what I mean? And so by going and transforming my body in the weights I saw like instant growth cuz I went yeah. from being a skinny kid to being pretty jacked. And so I just saw results so I stuck with it. Mm. How much were we benching? Oh, and coming out of high school, I think I was doing 335 or 345. And then out of college? 455 my senior year. And then your all-time high? 455. I, that's I, where it stops. Yeah, that's where it what stops. What about squat? Um, I think I squatted 705 Fuck. in uh, my senior year of college. I always think I could squat like 700 pounds. I think you could probably squat maybe 185. When I walked in, did you size me up? Uh, I mean, I saw that you you like you had a very good host body. Like you don't play any sports or anything like that. <laughs> Like, you could host the hell out of some shows. <laughs> or you could text really fast, either or. I am, and I said this uh, before this show, that I am, so my listeners are the 33%. Mm -hmm. I've given part of the show to them, and I've decided that it's time to kick into health gear. And so it's not a challenge. They can get down with it or not. We're doing 33 days of eating it. like a homie. I love Just it. eating healthy, and I'm not going to put pressure on them. And if they want to put pressure on me, that's cool because I probably need it too. But we're going we gonna to get this right for the month of May into June. I'm I tell you good. what, I'm going to join in with you. And also, what? any one of the listeners okay. who perform the best, they send them in your results. Yeah. Gonna send them out to L.A. for a week to come train with the pros at Athletic Games. Damn. Yeah. I was not planning on bringing this up. Yeah. So now we got some yeah. real shit. Yeah. 33%. This is a thing now. Uh, we've gotten notes in the past about people because we used to pro uh, profess beans, not beef, like eat eat beans over right. beef for protein, all right. that to be healthy. Right. I'm sweating now. Now I Let, really got to do it. Travel's go. involved. Yeah. Um, so you go to Louisiana Monroe. Mm hmm. And what was it like being a strength coach right away? Fell in love with it. I fell in love with the grind. I fell in love with um, the results. Because you got to understand, the strength coach is the only coach who can work with the athletes all year round. You know, because... There's no minimum time. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Correct. And so you're able to directly affect and change how they get better the next season. So an athlete would come to you and say, you know what? I wasn't that fast this year. Okay, we're going to speed. I wasn't that strong. Right. My hip flexibility wasn't there. So you design. I got to work on programs. my bull rush. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, And then 
Was there a guy, like, was there a kid early on that kind of took to it well, or was it like all of them were like, man, I'm seeing results yeah. right now? Yeah, I think it was more so because I was able to connect with them on a personal level. Because the thing You're about. You're a similar age to them, too, at I that point. I was very young. I was like 23 or 24. But the, the thing about being a performance trainer is you have to figure out what motivates every single person you come across. Mm. So everybody's motivated by different stuff. Some people want to be the best to ever play. Some people just want to start. Some people just want to get a new contract. Right. Some people just want to make a team. So whatever that is, you have to figure that out and push them. Some people you yell at them. Some people you got to be quiet with. You just got to figure out how other temperaments. I'm sure you don't just say what motivates you. Right. How do you figure that out? What, what's the process that you've used to realize that? When you make it about the athlete that you're training, they eventually will will confine in you and tell and tell you what's important to them. Mm. You know, and it like. Like, you'll what, be sitting there after a workout and then someone just kind of falls out of their mouth? Like, well, sometimes darn, you know, because you hear, you know, different people getting psyched up or just talking to themselves or FaceTiming or who they have on their phone or mm. just different things. So you know? you're paying attention to all that. Got to. Because someone will come out there and they'll just be like FaceTiming their mom, and like, I'm just trying to be the best of all time. 100%. And then in your head, you go, got it. Yep. And then, so what do you do once you figure that out? Figure how to motivate them, figure how to bring that person up figure out how to not to bring that person up, figuring out just when they're at their weakest moments, just saying different things. Like, for example, I had Randall Cobb this offseason, and I think Randall Cobb's a phenomenal player, and he worked so hard. And I would constantly remind Randall that people say, hey, you're done, you're washed, and it would just drive him to do more, do mm. some more sets. And now he's out in Dallas. He's doing very well. And So he was a guy that season. got fed by doubters. Yeah. He needed a little chip on his shoulder. 100%. Why, how did you realize that? Easy. By just, it just one thing and kind of enraged him. What you know, was it? They're saying he was washed. Like bringing up, oh, they're not listening to you as a top five free agent wide receiver. So did you just kind of throw that out there to see how he'd react? Right. And then what about him? You, did you go, that's it? Yep. What just, did he do? He just, again, he started to uh, want to do more sets, want to do more reps, wanted to do more pile box jumps, just want yeah. to do more. Yeah. And so you're really looking also for what's going to cause them to do more. 100%. Mm. 100%. What's going to cause them to dig deep? So I, I would assume that a chip on the shoulder is the easiest way to motivate. 100%. You ain't got it. Everyone's saying you don't got it, blah, blah, blah. What is the opposite of that? Like some people need to be built up a lot. I think there's some people like uh, Ryan Matthews, a foreign player sure. for the San Diego Chargers. Chargers, Eagles, he Fresno State. Yeah, Fresno State. Um, fun fact, only player ever to lead high school football in Russian and college football in Russian. Like the whole college football. 4,000 yards rushing in high school and 2,000 wow. yards rushing in his junior year of college. Man. So, But Ryan is a guy who you have to constantly give him positive feedback. Just that's just what it is, you know. Not saying that he was mentally weak, because he's a very tough kid, but just constantly wanted positive feedback. Like what kind of stuff? I just always just constantly tell him he's great. You're doing good, You're and then fine. you would Don't see him do it. more because yeah, of that. Yeah, interesting. But now Jimmy Butler, on the other hand, yeah, that guy right there, man. You know, you have to tell him he ain't shit every day, and he wants to hear it. You know, because he just wants to. That dude, let me tell you something, man. Him being drafted at the end of the first round was such a benefit for him. Oh, yeah. Motivation. Every, every, he's one of the most highly motivated people I've ever met in my life. There would be times when we'd be driving to the arena. He's like, man, I'm going for 50 tonight. Like, all right, Jimmy, whatever. 50. Seriously. Because he's spoken into existence. That dude is so prepared, and the way he pushes himself, and the way he believes himself, and the way he wills himself. There's nothing like it. Some team's going to be in for a treat this offseason. It better be the fucking Sixers, bro. 
I'm going to tell you like this. Oh, God. You're going to hurt my feelings no, right now. No, no, no. I'm going to tell you like this. I can't speak on to... I don't know what Jimmy's going to do. I don't yeah. think Jimmy knows what he's going to do. But I think whatever team gets him, they are in for a treat. You know, um, We saw it this postseason, exactly. man. He was the one taking all the big shots and making all the big plays. He's valuable. And if Philly's smart, they'll run it back. You know, I hope I, so. I think it just I think it comes You just down cut to yourself off, though. You were about to make a prediction, and then you gave all these qualifiers. So <laughs> what were you going to say? Where do you think he ends up? Clippers? Where do I think he ends up. I think if, <sighs> if I had to guess... I would probably say the Clippers. It makes sense to me. Yeah. He's an L.A. guy, right? Yeah, he loves like, L.A. Yeah, he's Hollywood as hell, man. And then, like, after what the Clippers did this offseason, or in this postseason, like, that was really impressive. But I can definitely see him going back to Philly. I would love that. Yeah, I think a lot of people love that. You you took shots at, at Philly to me earlier and then said, it was tough for me because I'm a Tom Brady fan. Die hard. From Burt, like, yeah. like, tell me about it. My Tom, everybody knows it. Um, I ignore Everybody with it. I mean, Jimmy, I, we have a group chat with Jimmy out, constantly sending Tom Brady pictures. Um, I just, oh, well, you're a real big fan. Oh, fanatical. Fan, everybody knows it. Fanatical. Um, you know, I think with, with Tom, just the way he works and the way he's fueled by doubters and just the way he just blocks out the noise and just... You were saying create stories. He creates stories, man. He creates stories. I think, you know, the, the, the funniest thing about Tom, Tom Brady actually thought from a motivational standpoint, that he would be cut after winning the MVP in the Super Bowl. And that was his fuel through the whole offseason because he saw Matt Castle the year before just step right in and play well. Then he also, in return, had taken Bledsoe's job. Mm. So in his mind, he's expendable. So he has to keep working, keep working, keep working. It's crazy. So when you hear guys like him or like a Russell Wilson and, and they're – Every day, got to get a little bit better. And and the rest of the, the public and media is like, we're tired of these quotes. You're going, that's the mindset you have to have, though. It's so it's so atypical of the rest of us. We're like, tell us something real. And you're like, no, stay. Make the big thing the big thing. You know something, though, Adam? I'm going to tell you something. That mentality applies not only to sports, but in business. So you meet some of the best businessmen. They're the exact same mm. way. They're the exact same way. You know, they're a serial killer's dream. They're very disciplined. They go to bed early. They wake up early. They work out. And they're so motivated by what they can do. So a lot of times, that's why a lot of athletes do very well in business. And also, a lot of athletes are good speakers. Sure. Speaking to businesses. Oh, like, like look at Kobe. Like, that dude wasn't going to fail yeah. ever. Absolutely. You're at Louisiana Monroe. Yeah. Then you go to LSU. Yeah. And I don't know who this guy is, but it seems like it's an important deal. Gail Hatch. Yeah. So can you explain to everybody what his role is in this world of yours? Gail Hatch is Gail Hatch and Tommy Moffitt are probably the two most important and influential people in my training life. Um, I learned how to control a room, control environment and to train in a group like setting from Tommy Moffitt. I learned the technical aspects of training and pensions into detail from Gail Hatch. Mm. And Gail Hatch... He was what? The coach of the USA? USA Olympics team. Yeah, and he was based in Baton Rouge. And what happened was when I first got the job at LSU, Coach Moffitt said, hey, go spend a couple of days with Coach Hatch. So what I started to do was every day when I got off of work at 3, 4 o'clock, I would say with Coach Hatch at 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock in the morning, just learn from him. Most times he'll wake me up because he'll be sitting there talking. Oh, yeah. Know, he's like, That's enough for the day. And yeah. I'll go home, but... I make the 30, 45-minute drive every day across town and just learn everything from So him. you got like a one-year intensive course of just following a guy that was 
the USA coach, and Correct. you're not going to get that job unless you're technically perfect. Correct. And just kind of seeing the way he moves. Correct. How much of his stuff did you steal? Just like all every- of it. Mm. Training is nothing but, let me tell you something. Training is nothing but stealing. No one created none of these movements or exercises, just yeah. so you know. What people do is they see what they like and they put their spin on it and they, and they pair it with different things. But I stole every single exercise that I've, I've done from somebody. Mm. So, you know, but my philosophy comes from Gail Hatch and Tommy. I feel Murphy. like people are so protective and def- like they're so defensive of their strategy, though. Yeah, trainers are weird people because you got to think about it. Training is a service oriented business. You see what I'm saying? So it's not like a, a quantitative thing where you can say, hey, here goes these numbers or that numbers. It's it's a service oriented business. So you have to even have the results or you have to talk mess about somebody or trash about somebody to get clients. Right. And so my thing has been just looking at my client list. That's just kind of been like my yeah. selling point. Like, Because oh, well. the true thing is, is it seems very uh, opposite of a trainer to go, let me get a quick fix. Right. Because every trainer I've ever had has told me there's no fucking quick fixes. Never. And yet, so if talking shit's going to get you attention, if anyone's going to know that this isn't good for the long game, it's a trainer. Right. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Then you go to, you started Performance Gains in 2007 in Seattle. Yeah. Why were you in Seattle? Uh, Long story, but I had It was definitely a woman. Yeah. No. My, My first few athletes- um, all within the Seattle area. And Marcus Trufant. Marcus Trufant. Eric Hans Coleman. Abdul and Eric Coleman. And then I had Brandon Roy. Mm. And uh, Oh, so you had like the young faces of the Seattle secondary. Correct. And then like everybody loved Brandon Roy. Man, one of the greatest. So I can tell you a crazy story. About He's Brandon the Roy. ultimate what could have been story in yeah. the NBA. So I'm living in Seattle 2007. I don't even have a car. And I'm, I'm going and training these guys all around town. Matter of fact, Brandon trained in Mercer Island. And um, every day after workouts, you know, the guys would kind of leave, and I'll be the last one to leave. And one day they're like, where's your car at? I was like, oh, I didn't want to tell them I didn't have a car. And so the very next day, uh, Jamal Crawford and Brandon Roy got me a Dodge Charger. I'll never Stop. forget. Stop. It. it was so nice, to. How long had you been working out with them before that? Oh, months. Wow. Months, yeah. Yeah, I didn't want to tell anybody my issues or my problems. So. What's so interesting about that is it, it just takes me to what you were saying before about New Orleans. Yeah. About being self-conscious about that stuff. Yeah. And I'm sure you hit it for a long time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sure you hung. I'm sure you did extra workouts just to avoid that conversation. Exactly. You can't be taking the fucking bus. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Was it scary when they asked? No, I just, it was just kind of like whatever, you know, and so, but they were such great guys. And yeah. So, like, um, you know, I still praise Brandon Roy to this day. Like, he's... One of the greatest people I've ever been around. Um, and now he's like a big-time coach. Big-time coach, man. I'm so happy for him. He's the man. Well, you were saying before, too, that you go, this is my client list. Yeah. Who would you say was the first client that gave you instant validation to everybody else? Uh, Brandon Roy and Reggie Bush. Reggie Bush? Yeah. What yeah. year was that? 2000 and, what, eight? Seven, eight? So he's... Is he in the league, at, or is that oh, yeah. Yeah, entering yeah. his rookie year? No, no, no. He was in his second year or so with the Saints. And how did you guys get met? Like, how that introduction happened? Yeah, just just kind of met him and started training him, and you know. But I feel like you like that that process of meeting and then becoming a trainer. That's like a very like. What was your sales pitch? Yeah. Like, how did you play it off? Did you like? Is it like dating? The, the the funny part about it, I never had a sales pitch. I think it's a connection thing. And at that time, people got to understand how famous Reggie Bush was at that time. 
like I doing mean, bet, like doing push-ups with Kim Kardashian he, on his back. I was say, cover of People magazine, GQ yes. magazine. He was famous, famous. Like grown men would see Reggie Bush walking down the street and faint. Yeah. So just to get in with him was tough. Sure. But it's also treating them like a human being. The last thing he wanted to be treated like was Reggie Bush, and yes. so I think I was able to do that, and that's what started the relationship. And he was he was. The man. So how much did shit change? Like, like, what were the things that changed when you started tra- uh, training Reggie Bush? Like, what were the phone calls like? What, how did people talk to you? Well, the funny part is, and, and, and LaShawn McCoy will not admit this, and I hope you listen, LaShawn. He will not admit this to this day, but LaShawn McCoy was a diehard Reggie Bush fan. He stole his swag. The stop yep, cuts. Yep, all that. His running style. The, the the everything about him the he had seven uh where's he from uh Harrisburg seven one seven right 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 he had everything. yeah because Reggie Bush had like six one nine six one nine exactly and he will not admit it to this day so I got Lashawn McCoy because of I trained Reggie Bush and then that wow. started my whole running back kind of cycle tree that I've had and so Lashawn to this day still won't admit it to me we go back and forth on Instagram he stole. Reggie Bush's whole swagger, but LaShawn McCoy. Swagger jacked the but, shit out but, of him. But LaShawn McCoy is what Reggie Bush should have been. Mm. Offensive coordinators are a son of a bitch. Mm-hmm. Coaching is tough. Um, but in back to this, though, like, was there ever a time where you were like, like, when did you go, this is going to be my shit? When did that first happen? Because you said you weren't sure what you were going to do. Like, was it Louisiana Monroe, LSU? Like, when did you go, this is it? I think when because even then you're still with schools. Yeah, no. Well, I think when I bought a one way ticket in 2008 and moved to LA, that's such know? a trainer move, bro. I bought a one way ticket. There's no other way to do yep. this. Got to come to LA. Moved to LA, bought a one way ticket, paid for an extended stay for 30 days. Had no money. Actually, had negative 17 dollars in my bank account. <sighs> Ate muscle milks every day. I knew I had money coming because I was training athletes. Yeah. But those first 30 days are rough, you know, is, you know, look, I had like, like Marshawn Lynch was down there training with me. He'd be, Hey, you want to go to dinner? Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you would never ask. Yeah, for you real. You know what I mean? But, uh, that's when I was all in when I was like, Hey man. And at that point, it's just the kind of the, the belief you can do it. And then, you know, when you have Marshawn Lynch and LaShawn McCoy and Ryan Matthews and Reggie Bush and yeah. Marcus Colston, and you have all these athletes, it starts to pile up. But, you're not thinking about it because it becomes your life. Right. And so that's been my life every single day for 15 years. How did you figure out how to charge people? Um, in the beginning, I did it for free. And I let people pay me whatever. And, you know, hence the negative $17 in the bank yeah, account. Yeah. But I think after a while, it really, um, where my career really took off was when I went over to Athletes Performance, now Exos. And I think being there... Oh, they're like the biggest draft combine prep thing ever. And I was deeply involved in that and overseeing that process for years, Mm. you know, and and working with the people there. And they are such a buttoned up... I mean, I can't praise them enough. You know, when I I hear a kid wants to go there, like, great idea. You know what I mean? It's such a buttoned up rail oil machine. I was talking to Josh Allen, who got drafted by the Jaguars, and he was like, yeah, me and Montez Sweat, man, we were trying to work out, but he went to the Exos in Texas, I went to the Exos in Florida, and I was like, five of them. Damn, I didn't realize. And and what's cool is these guys, as they get ready for the combine, they kind of pick their workout groups, Mm -hmm. and they they kind of can challenge themselves. What motivated Marshawn Lynch? What motivated Marshawn Lynch, besides being the funniest person in the world, his family in Oakland. He knew, kind of like how Dame Lillard is, 
he knew that that he was Oakland. Marshawn Lynch is as Oakland as they come. And I think just representing, being the face of Oakland, California, that's what represented him and his family. Mm. You know, he's serious about his family and the family first stuff. And so how would you use that to motivate him? I mean, for Marshawn, it was more so just getting him going. I'm going to tell you something. When Mar- <laughs> Funny story. 2008 or nine, Marshawn Lynch was suspended for the first four games of the season. And I had to go live in Buffalo, be Hamburg, New York, to be very specific. Yeah. And stay with him to, to work him out and get him ready for those first man, four weeks. Adam. Every day it was, uh, first of all, he had pit bulls living in the house with him, which I thought was crazy. Yeah. And he had, every day it was just a group of dudes with dreads and gold teeth from Oakland there, man. And it was, it was crazy. But Marshawn felt comfortable, and, and he provided them, I think, with an opportunity and a hope. And sure. He's just such a great guy. Did he ever leave the house? Yeah, he would leave he the house. He kind of brought, like, he made, like, a, a house of Oakland Correct. in the middle Correct. of, like, he western brought, New York. He brought the town to Hamburg, New York, you know. And, uh, Good hang? I mean, he was a wild boy, man. Yeah? But I love him for it. I love him for it. He's him. He's him, no matter what. What, what, what was the story where you were like, wow, like, Marshawn is, is 100% himself? Just every day. That's every single day. He is who he is. He says what he wants to say. He dresses how he wants to dress. He talks to people how he wants to talk to people. He doesn't mm. switch up for anybody. And uh, he's just a real dude. And he's a great guy. He's unbelievably cheap, though. I will tell you that. Really? He's cheap. That story about he has his 50, uh, he probably has, Marshawn Lynch probably still has his third grade lunch money. That's how cheap he is. That's incredible. Yeah. So he was, were you, man, he's just, he's like one of the all-time characters in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Marshawn Lynch. And I th- it's funny, like, so many people want to get close to him. Like, here he was going, I'm just here so I won't get fined and all that. And it drew more people to him. Like, he was pushing people away, but it only drew us more into him. Right. Fascinating guy. Yeah. Yeah. I remember he would say stuff like, people come up to him and say, hey, Marshawn, can I have a picture or autograph? He's like, can I have your picture or your autograph? He just wanted to be normal. Mm. He really, a lot of people say that, but Marshawn Lynch truly just wanted to be a normal person. Mm. That's why he hung out in Oakland, because everybody treated him normal. Um, so then you you get involved with Exos. It starts growing. Mm-hmm. And then you, I, I guess, decided it's time for me to do my own thing. Yeah. Who was, how big was the client list that you felt confident? Or was there a, like, certain people you're like, I got this now? Did you get some funding? How did that happen? No, I think it was a, it was a combination of both. It was a combination of... You know, when I was at Exos, I think we ended up with the last year we had like 16 first round picks, half the first round, and I think we had like 100 kids drafted. I, I don't remember the numbers, yeah. but it got to the point where like, now what? Now you have to make your goal so unrealistic, it's now what? And so then it became a point with, was, can I do this on my own? And I didn't have a lot of confidence that I can do it on my own, but um, enough of the athletes. You know, I had uh, Donald Penn, Ryan Clady, Deshaun Golston, Lash- uh, LaShawn McCoy, um, Good mix of different positions. Yeah. And, yeah. Yep. Lamar Houston, uh, Bobby Wagner had a lot of really good athletes at that time. They were training with me and decided to go for it and ended up working out. Man. All right. So um, you, you tell your clients when you're trying to get clients, look at my client list. Um, was there, is there an athlete that you haven't worked out with yet that we can put it out into the energy and, and get them in the gym? Athlete, other than Tom Brady, because I don't think he's going to leave his house. I think a guy. No, <laughs> you've got most of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. 
Have you ever pushed a player too hard? That's a great question. Um, I would say yes, but it was for his own benefit. More so, I pushed him through their threshold. Mm. Never like pushed somebody where they got injured. So something I'm very proud of, I've never had an athlete get injured with me while training. Mm. And I work guys out hard. So, you know, it's definitely a lot of technical standpoint, a lot of scientific standpoint, but I've never had like a hamstring tear or a oh, knee. I would, I would never oh, had it. crap. Never had it. But these guys, they come in and so you've seen like top NFL athletes look at you and go, this is too hard. Correct. Wow. Yeah. There's not a lot of people that get that experience. Yeah. Does that, that juice you up a little bit? No, no, because it's, it's I'm there for them. Mm. You know, so for me, it's like, okay. What I planned on doing with him today was, or her, was a little too much. Let me dial it back. Let me push them, but dial it back. And so that constant feed, it's tricky for every guy. Because you got a guy like Antonio Brown, who, man, Antonio, I remember the first time I met Antonio, he walks into the gym wearing a military-issued 50-pound weighted vest. And he's walking, he got out the car. He got the car. He's walking around L.A. And I believe he had some bags. He just went to, like, the Young and Reckless store. So I'm like, Antonio, like, were you walking around town? He's like, yeah, man. Like, he was walking around town with a weighted vest on. and For performance. I don't know what it was for, but he was walking around wearing a So when you see vest. that, what was your first thought? This guy's crazy. But I had heard about his work ethic and, and um, you know, known all about him. I have a good relationship with his agent, Drew Rosenhaus. And so I knew who he was and yeah. how he was. And we met and we clicked. So and, he uh, takes the vest off. And nope. what, did, what did he show? No, sir. Oh. Absolutely not. He starts the workout wearing a 50-pound weighted vest. And you're probably in your head going, does he know the workout that he's about to get? Right. This is unnecessary for him to wear a 50-pound weighted vest. Right. What did he show you? He showed me just how tough he is mentally. That guy is sheer will. Every, that guy is sheer built on his desire to be better. I've never seen someone work out like Antonio Brown. You've worked out with hundreds of the best athletes. And Antonio Brown's the most motivated. No. I, I, a, a tie between Antonio Brown and probably Jimmy Butler. Wow. Yeah. But Antonio Brown's will to be better is higher than anybody else. Anybody I've ever seen in my life. So when you see all the stories about ego and about, you know, all that, like, what's your Because this was a very tumultuous offseason for Antonio right. Brown. What was your take as someone that's trained the guy? Well, first of all, it's been tough for me to watch. Because I've never, ever seen that side of Antonio. Mm. He's always been super respectful, just a great guy. Um, I've never seen a bad side of him. I've never heard him talk bad about Ben Roethlisberger. Never heard him talk bad about Juju. I've never heard him talk bad about anybody. So you were, like, legit shocked when all that stuff 100%, was happening. 100%. Like, how would you explain that to people? Um, I mean, people ask me all the time, you know, but I, I felt it was out of character of him. Uh, I think Antonio is an emotional guy, but emotional in a good way because he's passionate about the game. Yeah. Um, but like, I was shocked when I saw it. But at the end of the day, like, that's my guy. I'll ride or die for Antonio Brown. You know, and I think the Raiders got a they got a great asset because he is he, he's he'll win you two, three games by himself. Unfortunately, the Raiders might only win two or three games, yeah. but Antonio might win them. Because we had Trent Brown in here, and he said, you know, I'm going to do my first workout of the day, and Antonio's already on his third. Absolutely. All Antonio does is work out, and he's such a—what what gets mixed through all this stuff, what people fail to realize, Antonio Brown is a phenomenal father. He takes his kids with him everywhere. He's active in their lives. He goes to their sporting events. I mean, this dude is a great guy. Yeah. And again, to see people kind of, you know, uh, you could take it for what it's worth. What, what, you know, did he— with what he said, was it bad? I don't know, probably. 
But for me, nothing that he said bothered me because no one knows the in-between above what happened in those relationships. No one knows but Antonio and those other people. But as far as I'm concerned, Antonio Brown has been nothing but an outstanding human being to me. I posted the video because I saw it on Antonio Brown's story of him saying goodbye to the murals in his basement. Going up to paintings of Muhammad Ali and Kimbo Slice and Jerry Rice and like saying goodbye. And now that I realize that you understand motivation, what was he doing with those pictures on the wall? Like how did he make himself better with those? That's what motivated him. You know, those 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 people he, people he looked up to and have great work ethic. And that was his motivation in his weight room in his house. I mean, to all of us, we go, this guy is losing his mind. Yeah. But to you, you're like, that's his tool. That's that's a that's a B man. Mm. That's a B man. Yeah. Well, you thought a lot of the stuff written about him was bullshit, though. I think there's some stories out there that there were little. Um, I definitely think he got into a situation where it was him versus the media. Yes. And I think for AB, he likes to control his own story. That's why he's very active on social media. And I think, you know, some people didn't like that, you know, and he was dodging the media. Or if you said something wrong to him and he read it, he wouldn't yeah. give you an interview or a quote. And so um, I definitely think people took shots at him and the media can do that. And so what's a trick that you have to let these guys know that your place is a safe space? Well, the great part about it is we don't do any marketing. So every single athlete we have is by word of mouth. So obviously, Antonio or Todd Gurley tells Saquon Barkley, hey, come train here. Right. Vice versa and on and on and on. And so it just becomes, you know, a whisper throughout the the different leagues that you train here and you don't have to worry about X, Y or Z. Uh, And I, I mentioned this earlier. What do you think right now about the whole post my off season workout and show people I'm grinding? I mean, I like it, obviously, you know, because uh, I like seeing what guys are doing. Um, but I think I definitely think it's a trend and it's a fad. And, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's again, social media is just about engagement. So it gives fans a chance to see these people outside of their helmets or, you know, outside of the basketball court or whatever. So I think it's cool. What do you think about the trainers that do it, your competition? I mean, that that's their thing. I think it's, you know, God bless them. What, what you got to understand about me is I love all trainers because I personally don't want to train everybody. You know, just the guys <laughs> that I have is more than enough. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, you know, if I have five or six NFL guys, five or six NBA guys, I'm happy. There's still another 1,700 NFL guys yeah. and 437 NBA guys. So, yeah. You know what I mean? So you're almost at the point now where you're kind of turning some people away, too? Um, I can't say turning people away, but just not having the time to deal with them mm. or give them the energy or effort that they really need. Uh, it seems funny to me, and uh, new producer David, shout out to David Ingber. Um, he, he raised this question uh, when we were thinking about interviewing you about, it's like NBA coaches, Ordering around somebody that makes like a hundred X or twenty X of what you make, and yet they're down, they're okay with it. Right. How to, and does that ever feel weird to you too? That like Antonio Brown and Jimmy Butler, and you're like, what the fuck, man? So, no, because again, they they come to me to get better, and they come to me to listen. At the end of the day, I think they throw all that money stuff out. And I forget how much money that these guys really have or really make because it never is brought up. Yeah. You know, and so um, I got to tell you a funny story about just to give you an idea of how competitive Jimmy Butler is. So a few years ago, we're playing the Sacramento Kings. Jimmy doesn't play that night. So we go out. 
go to dinner, and AB FaceTimes me. And uh, Jimmy's like, I can beat him in a race. I'm like, this guy's serious. They're arguing back and forth. Yeah. Like, I could beat you in a race. I could beat you in a race. So that summer was the first time they trained together. And that's where they had the catching? Yep, the catching at UCLA with Russell Wilson and stuff like that. Yeah. And Jimmy, in his mind, really thought he could beat Antonio Brown in a race. And really thought he could play receiving in the NFL. So wow. those receiving videos you see with him, like I don't know if you saw the one with um, him and Dak Prescott. And yeah. He's serious. He really thinks he can. Really thinks he could play in the NFL. How do you not tell him he can't? I tell him all the time. <laughs> all the time. I don't mind being the burden of bad news. You know, it's just a whole other level, whole different body movements. Who is the best type of athlete overall? Ooh. What sport has the best athlete? That's tough to say because basketball players have to be very agile, very fast, and be able to jump very high. But an NFL defensive back, think about it. You have to think about one per- what a person is doing while moving backwards, and then react to it. Um, How about just in NFL? If you were to rank position by required, like the best athletes, you think DB is the number one? 100%. What's number two? Wide receivers. Mm, Okay. Number three? Running backs. Really? Okay. Just keep going. Defensive line. I always have defensive line higher than running backs. Why? I find defensive linemen to be the most impressive athletes possibly in the world. Because I think that when we see a guy like Quinnen Williams run a 40-yard dash, a sub-5 40-yard dash at 310 pounds mm-hmm. at six foot five, I go, he would do, like if we were playing any sport, he'd be the most intimidating one. Right. I just, I think that defensive linemen are, and they have the mentality of a defensive back, mm. so they're super cocky too. Right. I just love defensive linemen. I see that. Yeah. I see that. Am I, what am I off about there? Nothing. I mean, you, uh, Quentin Williams is a, is a generational type athlete though. You know sure. I mean? he's, he's, but I mean, Fletcher Cox was like your 6'5", 300 pounds. It's like those special ones. Right, right. But then you also have like the Aaron Donald of the world. Oh, he's a stud. So what? Stud. What, what is it? How you just want to get your hands on Aaron Donald a little bit? I will. That's the one. I like. I love to train Aaron Donald. Yeah. He's a stud, man. So what's it like to watch videos of him? I mean, he's a stud. I like. I like what he posts. I like what he does. Um, he works hard, man. I like. He works out with a guy out in Pittsburgh. I think he's a strength coach for the University of Pitt, and he's. He's a stud. I like Aaron Donald. Man. I like him a lot. So court, so DB is the number one. And then where do quarterbacks fall in that ranking? Last. You got to be most mentally, you know, the most mentally impressive. But from a physical standpoint, stole the ball. Who is the most athletic quarterback in the NFL? The most athletic quarterback in the Might NFL. Might be Kyler Murray right now. Nah. I'm, I'm gonna, we could curve that. The most athletic quarterback in the NFL is Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson Lamar over Jackson. Russ, over Cam. Lamar Jackson over over. Um, who's the dude? Uh, Taysom Hill. Lamar Jackson. <laughs> Lamar Jackson's a stud, man. What, uh, what did you see out of him? He just uh, he came out and worked out with us uh, last summer. Just fast, agile, tough, thick. He's good. I mean, Russell Wilson's on a whole nother level. But as far as just sheer athlete. Lamar Jackson. I haven't seen enough of Kyler Murray yet. Yes. You know what I mean? I haven't seen any of Kyler Murray to be exact, yeah. you know, to be honest, but I'm rooting for him. I like Lamar seems so quiet. Very quiet. Country is shit, too. How do you tap into him? Um, he's motivated by his mother. You know, him and his mom have a great relationship, and he's just a hardworking, tough kid, you know? 
So would you like be in his ear being like, do this for your mom? Like no, that kind of? So that's what I mean, though. When you find out he's motivated as my mom, how does that change what you say to them? Um, I just think it is different. I wouldn't like, do it with your mom. I mean, that sounds kind of creepy. but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would, That's why I'm not a trainer. That and Clearly. Like, a lot of other reasons. Yeah. He just sized me up again. Nah, man. Damn. It looks like you are very good at grocery shopping. Like, you can get through the aisles extremely Yo, fast and make some fuck. great decisions. Uh, <laughs> like pancake mixture. Um, I've seen a few videos yeah. where you'll have Saquon on a treadmill mm -hmm. and Todd Gurley. Yeah. When you have two alphas, how does that change the atmosphere? What's that like? Competitiveness. Um, the, 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 the way they compete is unbelievable. And watching Todd and Saquon work out together, it's unbelievable. You know, because they push each other. They motivate each other. It's kind of like the anything you could do, I could do better type thing. Sure. And, that's how it is when you get those two guys in the gym. And I'm looking forward to, to this summer, to creating that magic again this year. And Is that going to be coming up this summer? It's coming up. Coming up. When July, do you do it? June? July, July. Can you also, so season ends for a lot of teams in like January, right. others if they're lucky enough in February. Right. When do you start getting involved? Everybody's different. I mean, Randall Cobb started, he started in January this year. You know, but Todd Gurley started April 1st. It just... It varies from when the players, uh, whenever they're, they're ready to get going, yeah. and how beat up they got. And, you know, obviously running back is different. You have 300, touches. You want some time off. And then June, though, is typically the big month. So they get, they, get, uh, they get done with OTAs June 15th. And then I tell guys who take two weeks off. And then we start that first week of July and just hit it all the way through training camp. Which, you go which is usually, like what, August? August 1st. August 1st. Yeah. So you get, like, one month. One month. How much, how much can you do in a month? A lot. A lot, a lot of transformation goes on in that month. Um, at that time, I'm trying to get them ready to cut um, and be ready to play football at a high speed and high tempo. You know, that's why you, you they see come it, in bulky. Well, everybody's different. A lot of guys are coming off vacation, so they could have just put on a few pounds or yeah. whatever. But you know, everybody's different in, at that point. Who was there ever an athlete that came back in incredible shape, and you were like, "Wow, we're not even cutting or anything. It's just building on what you've already done." I think a lot of those guys, I mean, Saquon Barkley is probably the most impressive athlete I've ever seen in a long really? time since Reggie Bush. Reggie was a stud. Yeah. But Saquon, Saquon's like six foot, 230, shredded. Yeah. Those legs are crazy. Insane. He's, he's agile. I mean, he's everything. So I mean, that was just, one of those things, like even the first day, you were like, wow. When I first met Saquon Barkley, I was so amazed by how focused and how serious he was. So when I met Saquon, especially a person of that stature, you know, like, you know, what do you got to work on? Oh, I need to, you know, maybe my hands are, you know, this or Saquon, what do you have to work on? Everything. Huh? I need to get better at everything. And in his mind, it's like, you know, you're already great. And he wants to get better at everything. And the way he paid attention to detail and the way he focused and how many times a day he worked out. I was like, this kid's going to be a, this kid's going to be a problem. How many times a day did he work out? He, Saquon worked out two or three times a day. Wow. During the summer. That's yeah. got to fuel you when you see a guy doing that. It's unbelievable. Then you're just going to pour yourself into him. There you go. See, now you're hitting on the head. When you see how bad people want it and how bad they want to sacrifice, how bad they want to work, you do anything for them. How much can Saquon leg press, do you think? If I had, well, people don't leg press anymore. That's like oh, a, sorry. Yeah, that's what they do at your Planet Fitness. So squat? Yeah, squat. I would probably say, oh, probably 800 pounds if I had to guess. His legs are ginormous. Do people like in the like when you guys are working out? Will people talk about them? 
Uh, not necessarily. I think a couple of chicks walked by a few times and mentioned it. Flex to Hammy or yeah, something like nah, that? Nah, 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 man. He's not. That guy's so humble and so focused, he's not thinking about it. And then I think everybody around him is used to it. Yeah. So, yeah. So was there ever, would you, like if Gurley and Saquon are working out together, would you say something to Saquon to, in a weird way, motivate Gurley? 100%. Oh, give me an example. Versa, I would always say, you know, Saquon, Todd is who you were trying to be. And I always, always tell Todd, hey, Saquon's coming for your position. Mm. So it just motivates him because it's the, you know, those are arguably two of the best backs in the league. And so, you know. I'd say that they're they're definitely top five. I, 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 no, top two. Hold on. Please. Zeke is up there. Three. I mean, I'm not going to put David Johnson up there. Kamara, Le'Veon, we Kamara. need to see it. Kamara, yeah. No, I would say the all-around guys, it's probably those two. Absolutely. How is Todd doing? Todd's great. You know, um, it's funny because Todd has Todd started April 1st, and he's worked so hard and yeah. been so committed and so dedicated. And the, the, the medical staff um, uh, over there at the Rams are doing such a great job with him. And, you know, I've been blessed to be a part of his process and work with those guys to get this, to get Todd going. And... He's uh he's looking good. He's 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 going to play a little lighter this year. You know, try to get him to about two eighteen, two nineteen, and he was at what two? Last year played two twenty four, two twenty five. Gotcha. You know, but not too much more lighter. But um, man, he's just he's so impressive. Every day he impressed me more, and he's looking good. And I'm really excited to see what he's going to do this season. Were you always talking to the Rams medical staff or their training staff, or was it because of the Super Bowl and the injury and all that stuff? No, I've always communicated with them. You know, I've always communicated with them. Want to stay on the same page with them because uh, you know, I'm blessed to get a chance to work with Todd outside of the training facility yeah. and he does his thing but he's over there every day uh working with the guys there and um it's a it's a lot of communication that goes on but uh nothing out of the ordinary can you share what's like is it pers is it like inherently personal what's going on because I just feel like there's a lot of people with questions yeah. right now yeah I think so I think so too I think ultimately um Todd wants to win Todd wanted to win bad I think just uh you know the playoffs um, those last two games, the, the Super Bowl game against the Patriots yeah. and the, the game against the Just uh, seeing them like on the, the sideline, like, like flexing it out and yeah, stuff. I, you know, I just, I just think just, uh, you know, he just didn't play how he wanted to play. And it just, it just was one of those things. And I don't think that there was an injury or anything that, that really stopped it. It's just his number wasn't called. And mm. for whatever reason, it just, he didn't have those good games. But people got to understand in the first round against the Cowboys, he played amazing at 115 yes. yards. Yes, you that's know, what, so, but that's why it was so shocking. Yeah, because yeah. we were all like, "This is Todd Gurley, top two running back in the NFL." I agree, I agree. So I don't know if it's a combination of just you know he didn't get the certain plays or the carries. I really don't know because yeah. we never talked about it. Because we never talked about it. Because for me, it was never an issue. It was just knowing the flow of the game and knowing how things were going. And CJ was doing really well which yeah. just didn't work out so i just was wondering from your perspective because from the outside i was going if this is a confidence thing right how would you like is it would you do you like sit down and have a conversation and be like are you good or mm -hmm. do you just start baking in compliments one, no one thousand percent you know me and todd have a relationship where we can be 100 percent transparent with each other and at no point i mean i was with him on thanksgiving um, I was it was constant touch points. There was no point where I felt that there was any serious concern or mm. mentally Todd wasn't there. Yeah. So it was like Todd was always Todd to and me. And yet we're reading all this shit. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's crazy. I have to read the same thing. It's got to be funny to be on the inside and see all that. Especially when you see the kid every day, you know, and, you know, it's it's tough. You know, I listen, you know, when you live in L.A., you listen to talk radio and everything. Sure. Should we trade Todd Gurley? Should we do this and do that? I'm just like, the kid's fine, you know, and we post some workout videos every now and and again. You know what I mean? But not a lot, but he's fine. Man, it's the true thing is, is we all want Todd Gurley to be great because that offense with him yeah. is special. Very. When Sean McVay can unleash the play action by setting, and plus when Todd Gurley turns a corner, oh, yeah. good fucking luck, man. Yeah. That's the thing about him that if everything's healthy, him and Saquon, I think even Gurley more than Saquon, he's more of the home run threat. Oh, I feel yeah. like he's got that top end Georgia speed. His speed is out, out through the roof, and I think that um, I think the Rams got a taste of the Super Bowl last year, and I'll be shocked if they're not back this year. Mm. You know, and I think maybe I don't know if the stage was too big or you know for what, but they're gonna come back. Coach McVay is a sharp dude. He's a sharp dude, and what they do you have think all about the his back. body. Oh, man, he's great. He looks like he works out. Coach McVay's like only 32 or 30. 30, like probably four at this point. Yeah, 33, he's young. Maybe. He's young. So yeah. He's, he's... yeah, but there's a lot of 33-year-old coaches that don't look like that. Yeah. Like the new coach of the Bengals looks like an ass- like an, uh, like a secretary. But you know that, you know, Coach McVay was the Georgia State Player of the Year coming out of high school. You know, he was a stud muffin, man. He ran like the triple option or He was the fucking like man. NFL players versus NBA players. Ooh. What are they like in the gym? Um, that's a great question. Most NFL guys, they've been lifting weights their whole life. And so they're real rah, rah, um, self-motivated. They've been doing it where I, I think sports performance for the most part is just kind of been really introduced to NBA guys. Cause you know, back in the day, they'll be like, I'm not going to lift weights. Cause I'm going to play shot more up. ball. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think kind of, you know, Michael Jordan, um, with, with Tim Grover back in the day, then Kobe Bryant, and, you know, LeBron with his team and has kind of really revolutionized how these athletes should attack things in the offseason. So it's a lot more functional with the NBA guys, sure. a lot more injury prevention. Cause they play 82 games and they travel a lot. So to make sure that they're limber, um, their hips are, are flexible and make sure they have all the tools they need to play an 82 plus game season is more the focus for the NBA guys. I just also think, too, like. LeBron puts out a video of him on like a medicine ball working on balance, yeah. and I have to imagine NBA guys are coming to you and going, "I want to do stuff like that." The funny part is they're not. You know, um, you know, LeBron's just such a LeBron has a phenomenal team. His his trainer Mike and man, he has a phenomenal team. But you'll be shocked at how many guys really try to copy other guys because NBA. What's different about NBA guys is NFL guys want to work out in groups. Like you see Saquon and Todd and all these yeah, guys yeah, working yeah. out together. Not NBA guys. They want to work out one on one. They might bring in their 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 crew, their friends. But for the most part, they want to work out all. Why alone. do you think that is? I don't know. That's always been their thing. The NBA guys have always wanted to work out one on one. Giannis has said this too, where he's like, you know, a lot of people. Did you just eat something? Yeah. Tell me what you just put in your mouth. Chewing gum is delicious. Oh, sugar rush. I thought it was like a, a protein pill or Come something. On, like Come I on. thought like your phone went off. It's like 143 <laughs> protein pill. I'm going to get there, man. I'm going to get there. No, but Giannis had a quote where he said, everybody wants to work out with me. I don't want to work out with them. That's correct. I'm trying to beat all of them. That's correct. Where NFL, you're saying it's more of communal five guys. Let's push each other. Yep. 100%. Mm. 100%. Which I mean, one do you like more? Um, both. Because I like the energy. 
that the NFL guys bring, but I like that one-on-one personal basis from the NBA guys. Especially if it's like a Jimmy Butler where you know you're going to get like a 1,000%. Oh, yeah. Jimmy's crazy, man. Jimmy doesn't want no one in the weight room when he's there. Coolest group of NFL guys you've had. I'm going to make you spit that gum on a second. I know. Coolest group. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed the flavor. It's good. I had, you know, back in the day, I had TJ Husmazada, Julian Edelman, Ooh. Um, Danny Amendola, Orlando Scandrick, Terrell Thomas, Eric Wright, Deshaun Golson. They were the... Not and they're all fighting for spots. Yeah. Seventh round picks. There you go. Like super scrappy guys. Yep. And then you're mixing in a Scandrick who's yeah. like one of the best shit talkers the yes. NFL scene. There you go. There yeah. you go. And, there and you go. Edelman's a shit talker yes, too. Yes, he is. Well, yes, he is. Do you remember anything from that? Like just funny moments? They would go at it every day. They would go at it. It was almost like the wide receivers versus DBs, and they would go at it every day. Then you have TJ Husmazada who would just talk so much mess. And you said guys who they made me a better trainer. Because they questioned everything I did, and they started to mess with me every day. You know what I mean? And so uh, it was a great group, a lot of energy, super funny, a lot of trash talk, and just uh, it was some interesting days. Can I ask you a, a tougher topic? Yeah. Uh, this just happened with Patrick Peterson, Yeah. PEDs and stuff. Right. And for me, it's like it's an emotional time. Like yeah. I get emotional because I go... It's such a cloud that hangs over somebody's career, right. especially a guy like Pat, who like has always been physically gifted yep. and has always been special. Yep. And we've never had to ask this question. Yep. And it happened to Julian, too. Yeah. And, and as somebody who I'm sure like you keep it pure and clean right. and all that, it's got to hit you even harder than it hit somebody like me. Right. Well, you know what's funny? Um, I never personally have seen people take anything or anything crazy. What I think what happens a lot of times with these guys, they'll take a supplement not knowing that it's been banned. So when they say that and then everybody goes, yeah, right, you're going, no, there's a yes. good chance it's happening. 100%. 100%. Because because remember, those banned substance lists are constantly getting updated. So if it got updated in March and in February you're taking something you know that was banned, there you go. But then this is the like the... If somebody gets arrested at 3 a.m. drunk driving, normal fans go, you're wealthy enough. You should have a driver. Right. With this conversation, it's you don't know what's going in your body or you don't have a nutritionist that's staying up to it. Like, right. I, I think fans are always shocked by the ignorance right. of how did you not know? Right. Right. I, I think if people go to a simple um, supplement store and they see the certification that they're supposed to have on there, the NFL or the NFA, whatever, they get it. And boom, just like that. But like, you're not, are you telling your guys to take certain shit? Like, a, do you tell them what to take? I'm going to be very honest. I tell guys to take two things, protein and fish oil. That's it. There is no gray area with that. That's mm. all. That's all. Uh, fish oil for, for joint lubrication and, and protein just to help their muscles recover after workout. That's it. There's nothing gray about those two items. Have you seen someone come with just like a crap load of supplements? Yeah, I've seen a lot of guys like take, you know, different pills and different vitamins and different stuff they've been recommended. But it's just kind of the nature of the beast. And, part and of what do you nothing. tell them? Tell them whatever, you know, because my biggest thing is to make sure that it's all checked out. So, like, yo, you check all this stuff out. You clear it past your... Have you cleared it past your team nutritionist? Because mm. you got to have that layer. You see what I'm saying? Forget what your trainer says. Forget what your agent says. Have you ran this past your team nutritionist? Because he's the one that definitely should know. There you go. 
And why? And they just what forget, or they go, "This will be fine." And it's, it's it's different things and different reasons for every guy. Every guy has a different story, Adam. God, you know what I mean, these guys have not cheated their entire lives, right. and to get that like hung on their on their name is like it's Stop. legacy defining, bro. And, and Patrick Peterson is one of the hardest working, physically gifted athletes ever. I think. Whatever happened with him was just a pure mistake. Mm. But I don't know Patrick Peterson. I root for him because he's an LSU guy. Yeah. I don't see him just going out purposely taking something that he knows is going to mess up his career. That's what happened. Then everybody comes out and speaks on their character, and we all want it to be true. And yep. it's like, yeah, but you're it's, yep. man, it's, it's tough. tough. It's tough. It is tough. I just was wondering, too, because... We, we've always said this before, man, if you work out and you have good protein and, and you have a good diet, like you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. What are you going to do? Increase it by like a half an inch yeah. more? Like, exactly. But so you know, some I just don't see the benefit in all that shit. I do not either. So the thirty-three percent though, they should be doing fish oil too. Let's go fish oil and protein. Mm. And if anybody wants to hit me up or posting pictures, something to tag me in it, and yeah, I'll you know if they want to, I'll answer the questions. I'll help them out with everything they need. Fish oil though. Yeah, fish oil is awesome. Really? And a multivitamin too. Multivitamin. What kind of multivitamin do you take? Just a man's multivitamin. Yeah, like uh, Centrum or something like that. I go like the GNC. Just okay. Simple. I'm, a, I'm a basic. I'm a very basic guy. Yes. Yeah. Well, the people that I meet that are super into like the training world are the ones that don't take a lot of stuff. Yeah. It's the trainer at that Globo gym. Yeah. That's telling me that I need like a pre workout. Yeah. I took pre workout one time. Lost and I, shit, huh? I was like, I'm going to destroy everyone yeah. in this gym. Yeah. And then I crashed so hard. Yeah. It yep. was nuts. Yeah. I was like, well, who puts this in your body? Like, you're going to die. Your heart, my heart's beating a million miles an hour. Exactly. For yeah. what? I'm self-motivated. I wake up every day at 4 a.m. and Stop. Yeah, every day, man. Monday through Sunday. No days off. Never been on vacation. Never taken a day off. You've been on vacation in how long? Never in my life. Never in my life. Bro, we need to get you to, like... Philly? No. <laughs> no, what I'm saying is, is you could do one of those, like, beach workout videos. Yeah. Nah, like, in, man. like, Bali. Nah, man. You know, nah. with see, Tom Brady. See, now you're making me into, no. I, I that the, upsets you. No. Why does that upset you? I'm not that guy. You know, I'm just a... So does that mean you don't like those guys? No, nah, I mean, if that's their thing, that's their thing. You know, but... Come on, let's go to this island and we'll work no, out for seven days. We'll no, put cones no, like and shuffle some, in the sand. Like some, uh, what was that, uh, like some Firefest type stuff? Yeah. No, no, that's not me. Wow, not so me. You're, you just like sweaty gyms. Yep. What's your favorite exercise? Um, lunges. lunges. They're the worst. Yeah, see, that's And they're problem. the most effective. Very effective. Because remember, athletes... I know it's my problem. Yeah, it's, I know my own it's issue. It's great for athletes, you know, because walking lunges simulates the power that they put out when they're running and doing different exercises. That's like the that. thing. You think, too, like body weight lunges are going to be easy, and then yeah. like you're on your 20th one, oh, yeah. and you're like, all I'm doing is squatting, and yeah. this sucks. Yeah. yeah. I know what I'm doing. Uh, uh, who would, Do you have competition? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Shout out to all the trainers, though. I love them all. How do you uh, motivate yourself? Because um, I'm sure there are... There, you're telling me there's not a single day you wake up where you're like... I just want to hit the snooze. Oh, all the time. All the time, man. I mean, I have two kids. Yeah. You know I mean, a two and a half year old and a 16 year old. Wow. And so there's a lot of times where the funny part about it is I'm, I'm a normal person. You know, I go through issues with my family and my kids make me mad and my sister makes me mad and all this stuff happens. But the second I walk in that gym, all my problems go out the door because mm. I'm now walking in with somebody who has, you know, 
their baby mama drama and they had contracts to coming up. Yeah, exactly. And so I need to give all my energy to them. Mm. Have you ever been offered by an NFL team to exclusively work with them? Yeah. Yeah. How many times. times has that happened? A few times. Happened this off season. Really? Yeah. And what's the pitch usually sound like? Nothing that I want. There's only one NFL team that I work for, and that's the New Orleans Saints. Because it's home. Because it's home. Mm. I want to bring a championship to Bourbon Street. But my thing is, I really want to. I want to work. I want to work in on the college level. You know, I would. I would work on the college level. Really? Yeah. Like I see that dude in Alabama, Scott Cochran. That's mm. my guy. I came from LSU. Man, yeah. I mean, he is like. Yeah, his, his, yeah. his voice is nuts. Yeah, he's crazy. He's definitely one of these celebrities in your world. Oh yeah, he's. Cra- I love it though, because he's he's. It's all authentic. That he's not a fraud. You know, it's all authentic. So I love. I follow him on Instagram. Coach Cochran's crazy. Yeah, yeah. He's one of my favorite guys. And so you like college? Why? Because you can impact more people. There you go. Can impact more people. Have a bigger, a bigger influence. Because you know it's tough in the NFL or in the NBA at that level. Guys have their own guys. They have their own resources. And, you know, they're doing their own thing. So in college, kids have to listen to you or you could punish them yeah, or yeah, make yeah. them do stuff. So you kind of got a little more leverage over them. And, sure. they're, and they're great athletes. So I would probably want to work with like a college basketball program or something like that. You know, but you but you like the independence right now. No, nah, I would. I mean, it's cool. But remember, there, I had no plan for this. All this stuff just happened. I didn't like sit down and put on a business plan. with well, yeah, I'm going to train Todd Gurley and say, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is all kind of happened. I think naturally. I would prefer to. to work so you can be gotten right now. Oh yeah. So if the Saints hear this, or if like a college basketball program, yeah. in a second, in a heartbeat. It, well, it depends on the school. It wow. Depends on the school. I, I couldn't go like to West Virginia or no right. Like so when you hear how the Saints and Pelicans share an athletic staff, dream situation. Yeah, but at the same point, my re- my reaction was. NBA and NFL players train differently. This yeah. is, pre- and then all the NBA players were getting hurt. Yeah, and so my first thought is training staff. Yeah, like it's not it's not specialized. Right. Am I was I on the right track there? No, you're right. They just brought in the uh, the Phoenix Suns training staff, which is very good and yeah. very good injury uh, prevention. So hopefully they get it together because uh, hopefully the Pelicans get Zion and we bring a championship to Bourbon Street. Okay, so I wasn't crazy. That could have been an issue there. Absolutely. Man. Absolutely. Well, we had Coleccio Semele on, and he was saying that the Raiders last year yeah. had like a Planet Fitness guy. Yeah, I, don't, I can't speak on that. But uh, why can't you speak on that? I mean, he, be, well, I'll tell you what he said, so yeah. that you don't have to say anything. He just said that, like, he said we would go to the to the veterans and go, bro, like this is not good, and then they would go to Gruden, and he'd be like, listen, just stick with it for a little bit, and he's been fired yeah, since. Correct. I just don't know how somebody like that gets that position. What what was he doing? Was he like, you know, was Adam Adam? It's funny when you see what some of these guys do, and you wonder why teams have injuries. You wonder how people got those positions, but even more. You now look at the general manager or the head coach. Do they really care? Mm. Because if you can keep your athletes healthy, that should be your most important thing. You're giving guys $15, $20 million a year. And on top of that, from a, look at the Pelicans. Like, I'm a Pelicans fan. Like, when Anthony Davis had hurt, yeah. nobody was going to the games. No. You know what I mean? So you should think about investing the, a lot of resources into keeping those players healthy. So when you hear that, do you worry about all the other athletes in that organization? Absolutely. Absolutely. But one thing I've never done is I always try to work with teams. I don't ever want to badmouth teams. Right. But obviously, you know, 
if if there's a common denominator and there's a ton of injuries, some stuff you just can't prevent. But if there's just countless soft tissue injuries yes. and things like that, you got to take a look at different people. Okay, so what I like to do is give uh, the listeners little perspective that they can pay attention to things that will explain things later. Right. What are injuries that if they happen often to a football team that the fans will go, something's wrong with the training staff right now. Our players just aren't injury prone. Growing in hamstrings. Growing in hamstrings. So if, if there's a team like in OTAs where there's a lot of groin and hamstrings, what, what can I point to? Strength coach. Yeah. And what are they not doing? They're not developing their, those muscles they need to develop because if there's those issues, that means that their glutes aren't firing or there's different issues that's going on. So there's not a proper warm up or there's not being trained properly. And those are the two areas that you train the most extensively? Absolutely. Because that's the muscle groups that are being used the most. Absolutely. Groin and hamstrings. Lateral change of direction, explosion. Football is such an explosion sport. You know what I mean? It's stop and go and stop and go. So is basketball, though. Yeah, I just feel like they're also running the whole court. But they, I mean, jumping up for a dunk and all that. So groin and hamstrings, look at ACLs and stuff, that's... Yes, yes and no. You know, yes and no. Sometimes you just can't prevent it. But for the most part, that also means that the calf muscles and the quad muscles aren't strong. So there's pull and there's give there. Should NFL players be playing on field turf? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was yeah. a big thing for us for a long time. I mean, I mean grass, natu- not turf. Yeah, natural grass is way better. It's got give. Yeah, it's just correct. when I see an NFL player, their bodies are unlike any other humans. Right. And when they put a foot in the ground, if there's no give, I mean, that that whole leg could be shot. Yes, sir. That's just what gets me scared about field turf a lot. Yes, sir. Because I'm looking out for these players, too. Right. Um, You you said you communicated with the Rams. Right. How often do you communicate with the team? Has a team ever ever reached out to you and been like, what do you do? Like, do they get nervous? Oh, all the time. Well, I wouldn't say nervous, but, you know, fortunately, I've worked with players from every single team, and most strength coaches have heard of me. So they're they're most of the times, I mean, all the time. I never had any problems with nobody not being cool. And so I just encourage communication. So the strength coach knows what we're working on, what we're doing. So when your guy comes back, you know what to expect. And vice versa, hey, do you want him to work on anything? What's your weight goals for him? And right. things like that. Like, I'm not a guy. I'm not at war with the teams. I want to work with the teams. And so do you contact them? Uh, or do they contact you? Vice versa. It just, just depends. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah because that's, that's the thing is you, they can't be counterproductive. No. No. And you can't, you can't be counterproductive as well either. What's it? the difference between training an incoming rookie – like a Nikhil Harry yeah. or an NFL veteran who's kind of been through it a ton. I'm glad you brought that up. I have said every year since 2014 that I don't want to train NFL rookies anymore because when you throw in the pressure of the NFL combine, which is a high stressful, high pressure situation, and their whole livelihood is going to be based on running a 40 and how they and how they how they perform at those drills. You look at, for the first time in their lives, they're really having money. You look at all these mock drafts and rankings, and people's stock is going up and down. They're like, we are, I didn't even play the game. And so dealing with the NFL rookie is tough. Um, with that being said, training to kill Harry this offseason was probably the most rewarding thing ever. Mm. Being with him on draft night 
was probably the most rewarding thing ever because you talk about a kid who sacrificed everything and went through a, had a very rough life and tough life and came over here when he was young and lived with his grandmother and at times they couldn't make it he lived with his friends and just a great human being and just worked unbelievably hard grinder grinder and to see him to get drafted by God's favorite quarterback and he's probably going to win the NFL rookie of the year cuz he's in a great situation it's great to see so you were there when Nikhil Harry got drafted yes sir was there even a notion in the room that it could be Patriots at 32? The funny part about it is his agent picked out a house. We were like in, I don't even think we were in Arizona. We were like an hour outside the city. And there was no cell phone uh, reception. And so um, the teams were calling, but it's like the, the calls kept dropping. So eventually wow. got in. It took like five, six, seven, eight, a ton of calls. So finally he couldn't move and. Belichick went up and got him, so it was it was a great feeling, a great situation. What made training to kill Harry so made? What made you so confident that he will be a success in the NFL? How focused he is. He's almost he's almost oblivious to what's going on outside around him. He's just focused on training and playing football. Sounds like the perfect Patriot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. He will be fine. I mean, knowing to kill, he'll he he would be fine. He's you know he's never been in trouble. He doesn't go out. He doesn't do stuff. He doesn't. He does everything the right way. He's mm. him and Andrew Luck are probably the two, my two most favorite NFL pre-draft guys ever. And athletically with Nikhil, yeah, I, I always thought the last few years the Patriots relied on Gronk mm -hmm. as their fifty-fifty guy, and then for half the season last year, Josh Gordon, where Edelman's going to run the offense, Amendola's going to run the offense, but those are your ones in trouble. Throw it up there, they can make a play. Absolutely. What does Tom Brady have in the kill Harry? He has an athlete that's going to compete, and he he has an athlete that he can go up and he can get it. And he's a lot faster than people think. I mean, he returned kickoffs and punts this year. He wasn't just a receiver. And so, again, I definitely think he's going to be a 1,000-yard receiver as a rookie. I definitely think he's going to probably win NFL Rookie of the Year. And I'm not saying that because I train him. I'm saying that because he's in the best position of all offensive rookies, mm. you know, in the NFL this year. Sure. Obviously, Kyler Murray had the ball in his hands every, you know, every play, but I don't know how that's going to pan out. When did you train Andrew Luck? 2012 draft, NFL draft. All right, so take me to young, baby, uh, nerdy Andrew Luck. He walks in the first day. Man, first of all, <laughs> so... <laughs> Probably the funniest guy. Andrew Luck is nothing like how people think he is. Oh. Oh, he's cool. He, he's a guy. He's great. Yeah. The cell phone thing is true. He has a flip phone he's had since he was, I think, in the eighth grade. He's from Texas. Um, I remember the first day he walked in, man, came in with, with blue dungaree jeans on and a, just a sweatshirt. Like, let's go. Hey, Travel. Yeah. Great to yep. meet you, man. <laughs> Heard a lot of good things. Yeah. <laughs> really excited to get it going. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. That's Andrew, man. And, and he worked hard, man. I don't know if you remember his combine. He was as big as as Cam Newton and ran as fast. He jumped 10 plus in the in the oh, in Andrew the Luck is an athlete. You know, he's a stud. He's a stud. I want to say he ran a four five or low four six. Dude, his he last year at Stanford, some yeah. of the throw. Remember his pro day? He oh, threw yeah. like eighty yards or something oh, like that. Andrew Luck is, Luck is a stud. Mm. He is a stud. You know, he's and, another one of those super focused guys. Very focused. Very. Was there very ever focused. a time where you got under Andrew's skin? Never. Okay. Only thing that Andrew didn't like, I remember that year, he didn't, he didn't want any media around. So he did no media stuff. I think we agreed to do one thing with like one of the publications, and he was just pissed. Because that's such a balance. Yeah. You kind of need to show off who you're working Correct. with, but you don't want to upset them. Because you don't want it to seem like you're using them. Correct. How do you do that balance? Again, I think mostly with me, um, I let the athletes 
bring in their film guys or say, hey, let's film this or let's do that. But that's how I do it. You know, for the most part, I just don't post stuff without their permission or without knowing that I'm going to post it or sneak stuff out. And, and I also make sure that they're comfortable. So, I mean, I've worked with a lot of guys I've never posted before just because I didn't know where they were at or what the situation was. How many professional athletes now have their own video crews? Oh, almost every guy, at least every star player has their own videographer. Is this a new thing? That's How many? Yeah. That's years. Yeah. So when did it start? Who was like the first guy to roll in with a videographer? First guy that I remember was Antonio Brown. And this is probably three, four years ago. He rolled in with a video guy and like, yeah, Antonio, you have a guy. Yeah, that's my guy. Don't even worry about it. It's that casual. And. And they just start putting out clips. Putting out clips. As we were training, he was like, hey, post this, post that, or put this on my Snap, put this on my Instagram, put this on my Facebook. And, and at first, were you against it or for it? Nah, because for me, it didn't bother me with Antonio because he was working the whole time. So it would literally be like, you know, he'll do a set, and as he's walking back, hey, post that. Yeah. You know? And and then now it's like everybody. Almost everybody. Yeah. Is it a little ridiculous, or do you, is nah, it good? I think it's great, you know, because these guys now, they're so focused on their brand. So from a branding and marketing standpoint, it's what they want to portray. So if you got to invest a little money to get content out there, to get some marketing dollars, to get some other opportunities, I'm all for it. Strongest athlete you've trained? Strongest athlete I've ever trained on the, I'll go through sport by sport. On the NFL side would probably be Jarrell Casey. Oh, Jarrell Casey, defensive tackle, Tennessee yeah. Titans, strong, 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 strong. Most explosive. At, what's the strongest thing you've seen back. Jarrell Casey do? Jarrell Casey or Miles Garrett? Miles Garrett's Miles Garrett's a stud. What's the strongest thing you've seen either of them do? Um, I seen Jarrell Casey rep out four hundred five for multiple reps. You know, it's four hundred five pounds, ta, mo- ta, ta. multiple, multiple. Miles, wow. um, everything. Miles, <laughs> I've seen him do. You know. Hit a boxing bag for, you know, hit a, everything. He's just an athlete. He's just an unbelievable athlete, and he's so focused and so driven. He's another super smart guy, too. Different dude, man. Dinosaur major over there at Texas A&M. He's a different guy, man. No, like, I, I've met him, and he's he rolls around like a super young crew of kids, yep, yep, too, and they're yep. all, like, free spirit. Yep. And they, they're but he's com- from high school. Yeah, and their conversations are, like, really good. Yep. Um, most explosive athlete. Reggie Bush. Wow, like not even a question. Reggie Bush. Reggie Bush. Reggie Bush by far. Was there anything off the field that was like a, a moment? I, I just love the moments in the gym where I'm curious, like, was there a box jump or was there something that you're like, let me put this in front of him that I don't even know if he can do. Wow, he is that explosive. Yeah, I think Reggie Bush and Jeremy Grant, I just remember them doing, you know, Jeremy Grant, 60-inch, uh, and, and Jalen Brown, 60-inch standing vertical box jumps. Um, unbelievable. Just standing there, whoop, jump up 60 inches. Same thing with Reggie Bush. There was nothing that Reggie couldn't do. And the force he put in the ground when we were doing cutting drills, un- unbelievable. I mean, this guy would run at full speed, stop on a dime, and change directions. And, like, the ground, like, peels up. Yeah, it's crazy. <sighs> um, what's, a, what's an exercise 10 years ago that doesn't exist anymore for football players? I think an exercise 10 years ago was just a barbell bench, you know, and I see very few people doing that now because it's so big on um, isometric, single arm, yep, isometric yeah. single arm, single arm uh, exercises that it is more so for core, core. holding positions and things yeah. like that. So you don't see a lot of barbell bench anymore. 
What about like, what are some exercises? What what should be tested at the combine that is not? That's a great question. I think they got it all covered with the, you know, with the bench shows your stamina and strength. With the the forty shows your speed, the agility drills shows your change of direction, and then the jumps show your explosiveness. So everything's pretty much covered for the most part. Is there one though that you think is more indicative of an athlete's explosion? The jumps, broad the and vertical. And broad jump, yep. And the kilo is what a forty-one inch vertical. Yeah. What's your vertical? Oh, I don't know. I'm yeah, watching do I. I don't even I want mean, to talk. I dunk about in my church league game sometimes. But do you yeah, really? Yeah, yeah. I get up there a little bit. So if you designed the NFL Combine. You be actually kind of cool, or is now that you've experienced like the emotional stress, yeah. what what would you change about it? I'm glad you asked. I would have it be, uh, I have it all be regional because you're getting athletes in Indianapolis, waking them up really early in the morning in cold weather. I'll have a LA combine. I'll have a Midwest one in the East Coast one. Have it regional and have them test on the first day. So, so what happens is they're so stressed out by being in the meeting room, meeting room, that. meeting with the teams, going to the doctor's office, all these different type of tests. And then you work out, have them work out on the first day, mm. then go through all the other stuff. Uh, is it fear? Are these kids like working out with you, but at the same time, just like circled that one weekend and it's just, they, it's like looming over them? 100%. Because it, again, th- what they do there can make or break their lives. <sighs> their whole entire, okay, look at Greedy Williams, for example. Greedy Williams was arguably probably a top three pick coming into the whole process. He slipped to the second round. It cost him $20, $25 million. But he ran a 4-3. What he, happened at the combine? He, he ran a 4-3, but his other drills, he just wasn't good at them. Mm. He just didn't rephrase that. He just didn't perform well at them. You know, and Greedy Williams is LSU kid. I'm rooting for him. Yeah. It's just, it's tough, you know? He's gonna he's lost money he would never be able to make up. I know. So what what do you say to calm them down? You can't. You can't. You try everything building up to the process to say, hey, you got to relax. You got to relax. You got to relax. You try to put them in pressure situations as much as you can. There's nothing you could do to simulate the actual combine. It's like game time. There's nothing you could do to simulate, mm. you know, shooting a free throw, you know, with with the game the on the line. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The crowd chanting are, you know, it's, uh, Von Miller uh, did this workout with this guy where I remember um it was something called like the anarchy workout where he would be hanging on poles. Oh, crazy Frank, crazy Frank, San Francisco. So you know yep. who he is. And I remember reading that the crazy Frank would yell at him. If you let go, people die. And he would try and motivate them by like, he'd have to transfer weight from one thing to the next. And if he dropped the weight, that was him dropping a child Dang. into like a Canyon That's and try to get into Vaughn's head. Like you can't quit or else people will suffer. Wow. So this, so Crazy Frank is known? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Who the he, hell is Crazy Frank? Crazy Frank, I, people, I don't know because you know he doesn't show his face. That's what I mean. He He's this trainer. Yeah. So in this world of everybody trying to get notoriety, yep. here's this trainer that n- don't even look at my face, yep. but I'm crazy. Can't show his, his name's Crazy Frank. Nobody knows his last name. He goes by Crazy Frank. And when he does interviews, he does them with his face covered. Hi, I'm Crazy Frank, and this is Von Miller. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Wow. Exactly. What, and what have you heard about him? It's crazy. <laughs> but, but about his workouts? Uh, they're intense. You know, I've watched some of them. Some of them, you know, um, again, like, my whole thing is this. I don't never think any workout's bad or good. Okay. It's if Does your subject matter um, adapt to it, and are they getting better? So, clearly, he trains Von Miller. He trains some other guys. They yeah. swear by him. He trains Blake Griffin for a while. Wow. So, 
you know. Yeah, he likes to do like the sand dunes Correct. by the Golden Gate Bridge Correct. and all that. Sand dunes in the woods. I don't even think they actually go into an actual gym. It's all that's me at the park and are here or there. Man, yeah. crazy fucking thing. <laughs> uh, I saw that you were training DJ Reader. Yeah. I think DJ Reader is one of the, again, I love defensive linemen, the unknown special talents in the league. Everybody is talking about J.J. Watt, and I want to go, the only reason J.J. Watt had double-digit sacks Reader. is because they were worried about DJ Reader Correct. last year. Correct. Put like this, in the game when they didn't double-team DJ, he sacked Tom Brady twice. Mm. So, um, DJ, great, man. He's lost, he lost what, ooh, 27 pounds this offseason? He's got down to 325. He was up to 360. Yeah, it was 350, 355 when he showed up. Holy yeah. crap. Yeah, yeah. So he's How's he feeling right great. now? Great. He's great. He just called me. actually called me yesterday, man. He decided to get back in the summer. And, you know, um, he's such a great kid, and he works so hard. And I think him now playing at 325 this year. Instead of playing at 350, it's going to be at a whole nother level. Especially because it's not that there's there's not that many 325 guys. Exactly. And there's really not some 350 guys. Exactly. Exactly. So he his body looks completely different. Correct. Correct. And he's going to be faster and leaner and more explosive and have more endurance. So he can just go and go and go. I saw Devin Funches. Yeah. Going into the Colts with yeah. your boy Andrew Luck for yeah. a season. Was this your first time working out with him? No, he was here with us uh, last summer, too. Gotcha. Yeah. So what yeah. should we expect out of Devin Funches? Well, first of all, he is hilarious. I don't know if you ever talked to him. No. He's very opinionated. He's super Detroit. Um, he works hard. He really spends a lot of money on his body. Um, and he works extremely hard. I think he'll be fine, man, right there in that system with Andrew Luck. Tom Brady and... Um, LeBron James, yeah, I feel like set the new tone for longevity by investing in your body. Correct. And now you, you talked about videographers. When you say Funches invests in his body, what does he do? He has uh, just different people. He, he always works out. He always pays everybody, and he has different people. He'll fly in and fly out to maintenance his body. He'll go live in different places. He comes to L.A., trains with me. When you say maintenance, are we talking like hyperbaric chambers? Are we talking everything. specialized stretching yep. guys? Everything. There you go. From uh, yoga instructors, physical therapists, foot doctors, whatever it takes. He's Loosen going to up the them. joints. Yep. yep. It yep. seems so excessive, but it also seems like if you got the money, man. Think about it. If you're making $12 million a year, what's $200,000 or $300,000 to spend a year to invest in your body was going to keep making you more money? And, and is it's a tax write-off. And is it really helping? Absolutely. Why is it a tax write-off? Because it's, it's, it's benefiting you for your job. It's all job related. I need to write off my cable bill for my job. That's not going to happen, man. I, I watch television for my job. Well, you got a point there. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Uh, but, okay, so um, who else is, like, leading the way in terms of investing in their bodies? Antonio Brown. Really? Yeah. Antonio Brown, he gets it in. He has a trainer everywhere he goes. He has massage therapists everywhere he goes, physical therapists everywhere he goes, body specialists everywhere he goes. He's. Do you he's think Antonio Brown has a cheat day? I don't think so. I've never seen him eat bags. He's a chef, too. He's a chef that cooks all his meals for him. Just like fish, dinner. chicken, yep. and rice. Yep. And then, do you have cheat days? Yeah, all the time. Okay, what's your cheat day? I like po' boys, man. Po' boys. Yeah. The New yeah. Orleans in you. My cheat days are any days I'm in New Orleans. Those really? Those are my cheat days, yeah. Uh, you, uh, and then Chris Johnson, CJ2K. yeah. He was another guy where I think as time goes on, we're going to forget how explosive and special he was. Absolutely. Absolutely. He's a guy I definitely think he worked hard, man. But I definitely think he peaked before his time. And uh, oh, if he would have come around the pass catching running back absolutely. era, he was right before it. Absolutely, just missed it. Just missed it. Very you don't think time. my guy Ted Ginn is as fast as he thinks he is? Well, 
That's a great question. And you're a New Orleans guy. Yeah. I think I think there's so many fast young players. I think Ted Ginn still has it, but there's just so many young fast players in the NFL. And again, Ted Ginn is still probably a four three. But I think there's a few four two guys up Who there. Who are they? Uh, you got John Ross for the Bengals. You got um, I think he also plays corner for the Minnesota Vikings. He's really fast. Younger guys. Trey Waynes. Trey Waynes. Yep. You got Trey Waynes. Marquise Goodwin uh, is super Marquise fast. Marquise Goodwin. Yeah. Really fast. I mean, honestly, I'll put Saquon Barkley in a race against any of those guys any day. Really? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Those legs, bro. Uh, uh, unbelievable. Do you only do athletes, or do you also have, like, a wealthy CEO that's like, I need to be pushed? Oh, well, at our gym, yes. You know, I personally don't get a chance to work with them because I'm so tied up with the athletes. Oh, I'm sure. But, yeah, we get a lot of, uh, you know, Freddie Gibbs and... People like that to come in there and train. Um, I, I guess overall, like as you look at the NFL, can you tell if a guy's going to have a big season when he shows up and trains with you, or is or is there so many factors in the NFL that it's really hard? There you go. That's a great question. More so on the NBA side, you can tell if a player like I knew Seth Curry was going to be great this year because what he kept on saying in the offseason, my body feels so good, my body feels so good. He's having a breakout year. In the NFL, is so many factors. You know, you have 11 guys on the, on the side of a ball. Coaching, everything. Exactly. And so you know if a guy's going to be physically ready to perform, but you can't control if they're going to have a breakout year, if they're going to get the touches they need or right. the snaps they need. What's so interesting, too, when Ted was here, we were talking about Cam going vegan. Right. And Ted's like, Cam's going to have his best year. Right. It's just this notion, too, the NFL has gone from size to streamlined. Correct. It, it feels like a seismic shift in the mentality of the sport. Correct. Same thing in the NBA. You know, remember when LeBron was really big and bulky yeah. and he came back, lost the weight, and that's just what it is. It's about being long and limber now. Do you want to train Zion? I would love to train Holy Zion. Holy fuck. Yeah. Can you imagine? Oh, man. He's a, I'll train him for free. Uh, I'm just wrapping up like this. We were talking about motivation. Was there anyone that you had that was motivated very uniquely compared to anyone else you've ever had? I think Jimmy Butler. You know, I think Jimmy Butler is just his whole... He's that different of a cat. He's a different dude. He's a different dude, but he's... I think for Jimmy, he was so doubted and counted out his whole life. And he's always been like, I'm going to go to the NBA, I'm going to go to the right. NBA. And again, you know, was never all league or won anything in high school, went to a junior college, went to Marquette, played like the four, you know what I mean? And so... He always was kind of doubted. And so now to see where he's at, to be a four-time All-Star, max contract player, he constantly just funnels himself, Man. funnels himself, talks himself up. Have you ever had an athlete that just couldn't get motivated and you were like, this guy ain't going to make it? Not that I ever trained. Really? Nope. Will you refuse to train a guy? Absolutely. Why waste my time? Because I'm giving you the same passion and energy every single day. Why? If you don't want to give me the same. I'm so not you've had some big name guys that you were like, no, nah, I'm good. Uh, no, more so I've had guys that have called me or approached me about training them and then I'll ask a player about them like, no, nah, you don't want to train him. Really? It happens a lot. Damn. It happens a lot. Anyone you want to share? No, sir. Okay. <laughs> um, so one thing that we do need to work on is your uh, Instagram. Okay. And I know you don't want to share anything, but you heard the beat in the beginning. My guy, Rod Simba, uh, he has, he sent me a bunch of beats. And I want to play one for you okay. that I am happy to give it to you. Okay. And that the next time you have a really good workout video, Gurley's in there and Saquon, and you put a little editing in there, I'll give you the song and you can use this. Dundee. So I'm going to play it for you. This is uh, Rod Simba, 
the man. Let's see if it works. Is he from Philly? No. <laughs> okay. Wait for the beat to hit. Okay. Can you see like girly stretching? Okay. And now it's go time. Oh yeah. Hey. Oh yeah, we can work with this. Hey. Oh, 100%. Oh, done. Done deal. Rod Simba, <laughs> I got you. I, I emailed him and I said, dude, I appreciate all these songs. What do I do? And he goes, if you can get some of the trainers to done. work it in. Done. Right? Couldn't you see like done. Saquon like sliding side to yeah. side on that shit? Yeah, just send me his Instagram. We'll make sure we tag, we tag him all I got you. Yeah. I appreciate you, man. Likewise. You got any questions for me? Nah. You're good? Nah. You're going to call me out for my taste in women again? Absolutely. Motherfucker. Macaroni. Macaroni. <laughs> uh... Hit up Travel on social. What are your handles? At Travel Games and at Athletic Games. At, at Athletic Games. Hit them up. Check it out. And then just kind of like be attention now. Groins, hamstrings. That's what we're paying attention to. Appreciate you, brother. Likewise. Enjoy yourself, man. All right. So thank you guys so much for listening to the Travel Gaines interview. Now... I have a freestyle for you. Dude slid into my DMs and said, I love the Rod Simba beat. Dude's name is Liam Cronin. You can find him on Instagram at LiamSwag1. And he said, I got a freestyle. I do it over the beat. Send me the file. I'll send it back. I said, okay. I really enjoy it. And I'm going to play it for you. The only thing I'm going to say is he has one line about Sims that I don't fully endorse, but I appreciate the homie standing up for the homie. So here is Liam Cronin, a.k.a. Liam Swag One, freestyling over Rod Simba's beat. The 33%, y'all are the best. That time week, relax in your seat. Left toe with the interview, Simba with the fat beat. Mouth fast like Tyreek at the track meet. Untold stories from the side of the athlete like Howard Cosell or Edward R. Murrow brings truth to the public. His stories are thorough in your airwaves and microphones sling facts like comebacks from Pat Mahomes and whether cruising in your car or riding on the subway, flying on a plane, downloaded on the runway. Don't pay attention to what Phil Simms' son say. The story of the game's more than what you see on Sunday. We up here coming out of left go field and y'all know that we ain't protecting the so bump this shit as loud as you can. It's the L-E-F-K-O-E, man. Liam Cronin. Liam Cronin did the damn thing. Liam Cronin did the damn thing. And this is the L-E-F-K-O-E. Man, appreciate you guys so much. Uh, get up into uh, Travel Gaines's Twitter, Instagram. Shoot that guy some love. You could tell that he really cares about this shit. And we may have some big things in the works. L-E-F, the K to the O-E. You know how I be so slowly. All right, I got to slow down. Y'all are great. Rod Simba, keep making great music, my friends. And to all the homies, if you're doing the 33 days of eating like a homie, let's go. I'll let you.